Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Dental Law Radio. Dental Law Radio is brought to you by Oberman Law Firm, a leading dental-centric law firm serving dental clients on a local, regional, and national basis. Now, here's your host, Stuart Oberman. Welcome, everyone, to Dental Law Radio. We have a very, very special guest today. Danielle McBride, partner in Overman Law Firm, and a little background on um, on Danielle, and I know she's very busy uh, right now. So uh, Danielle's been practicing for um, 21 years, and uh, her primary focus is healthcare transactions, mergers, acquisitions on a local, regional, and national basis. Um, big, big in the M&A transactions, employment law, compliance, tax strategies, as you heard on the previous podcast, and we're going to have some subsequent podcasts that Danielle is going to join us on. Uh, practice valuations, DSO formations. Lord, everything is DSO. Everything is scaling nowadays. Um, little educational background on Danielle. She graduated from um, uh, Ohio Northern University with her uh, law degree, and she has a master's in taxation from Case Western University. And we are absolutely delighted to um, have you uh, in the studio, as we say, Danielle. And uh, uh, I know today you're going to talk about keys to ensure a smooth practice transition. It is a, and you could maybe elaborate on this, it is an amazing market. It is a hot market like I've never seen in my years of practicing. Valuations are out the roof. Private equity is is throwing money at transactions, but there's a lot of lot of misconceptions about what it takes to have a, a smooth transition. And I really want to drill down on your expertise. You've been doing this for over 21 years, and I want to hear what what you know what you have to say and, and your thoughts on all the way from due diligence to to leveraging advisors. So, uh, yeah, give me give me your thoughts on some some matters regarding what it takes to have a smooth transition, as we say. Right. Well, thanks, Stuart, for having me on the on the podcast. And uh, um, yeah, this is um, keys to a smooth practice transition. I kind of call this my ABCs. Um, you know, A is for advisors. Uh, one of the best things that you can do for yourself is to surround yourself with the best advisors you can, and they should be specialized, uh, you know, professionals in this area, uh, in the dental industry. Um, you know, we have let us leverage leverage your advisors that have the experience in these transactions. I mean, this um, a, there are dental specific lawyers like us. There are dental accountants. There are dental finance lenders. Uh, there are dental brokers. Um, all of these people, all of these advisors, are um, you know are uh, have a ton of experience. This may be your one and only transaction, buying a practice or selling a practice or merging, um, you know, going in with a DSO. Um, we've done hundreds, if not thousands of these transactions, these advisors have. So, you know, it's, it's important to get those specialized professionals to work with you, um, you know, and, uh, and, and they're out there. And if you have at least one of those advisors, they can help you find others if you're in need of. Um, if you're in need of a dental specific lender, uh, if you're a buyer of a practice, if you're in need of a new, um, you know, a dental specific accountant, um, you know, there are lots of uh, other 
financial business and consultants that have specialized knowledge in the dental field. And, um, you know, that's the, that's sort of the first, that's my A, um, you know, my ABCs. Uh, the second is your business. You got to know your business. And, um, you know, it's important whether you're looking to sell to a third party or to a DSO um, in these transactions, knowing your business, knowing the numbers, having the data that's going to be requested through all of the due diligence is going to be one of the most important things that you do in these transactions. I got, I got a question for you. you. I got a question for you. You do valuations. And we hear that. Yes, we, we I hear- do practice valuations, and so one of the keys in those valuations is profitability. Well, um, I, I want to know. Transition. We hear that we we hear this we hear this all the time. Know your numbers. What does that mean? When you hear when when someone says, "Well, you're not," I, I got I got to know my numbers. Know your numbers. What does that yeah. mean? Well, I mean, our guys, have, you know, I don't, I don't think they it doesn't seem like they understand that a lot of times. Yeah. So knowing your numbers means a couple of different things. One is being able to, um, you know, get the data on new patients and uh, insurance plans and how much of your practice is, you know, PPO plans versus fee for service. Um, You know, those those kind of numbers are important, but the key numbers are profitability or what sometimes in these DSO transactions you hear being thrown around uh, EBITDA. Uh, E-B-I-T-D-A, earnings before income taxes, depreciation, and amortization. It's essentially not just the net income, it's profitability, it's the cash flow in the practice, which is more than just, you got to look beyond W-2 compensation uh, or net profit. It's, it's, uh, It's that plus uh, ad backs, discretionary expenses, I like to call them, the perks that the doctor runs through the practice. Um, it can also be things like family on the payroll, uh, if they're being paid more or less than what would be fair salary for someone doing the work that they're doing in the practice. Um, can also be rent, uh, you know, looking at fair rent and whether you're paying yourself above or below what fair market rent is on uh, on a piece of property or your office building that you also own along with uh, along with the practice is, um, is there a specific you know, profit margin like, you hear you, you is there a specific profit margin you hear like well you, you should be you know netting out 20 percent profit or 40 percent profit is there a, a magic number that's sort of advisable for those things well, it varies based on um, the t- the specific type of practice. So your general dental practice might be running an overhead of, you know, 60, 61, um, you know, percent, uh, 40% profitability. And that profitability, that 40% of profitability is your W-2 income, your profit, your discretionary ad backs, um, adjustments for, you know, paying yourself high rent on your building. Um, non-recurring expenses. If you hired a consultant to come in one year, um, you know, those sort of things. Um, It's going to vary if you're an oral surgeon or if you're an orthodontist or a pediatric dentist, Um, you know, there, there are different, uh, different percentages for those different specialties. Huh. Now is, is, you know, I know we do a lot of DSO transactions as a firm. So if they're getting ready to sell their practice, how do they, how should they prepare due diligence? Should they say, hey, you know, Danielle, um, I'm ready to sell my practice. I know there's a lot of due diligence on the DSO side. Can you send me a due, due diligence checklist so I can start preparing for this? How do they prepare for due diligence, which will wear them out a lot of times? 
Sure. Yeah, it's going to wear them out, and you're going to get asked for stuff over and over again. They're going <laughs> to you're going to send them all of your you know quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, quarter four uh, financial statements and uh, and and tax returns and you know every every insurance provider you take in the practice. Um, you know, monthly, some of the banks even ask for uh, monthly, um, monthly uh, profit and loss statements uh, for the year, especially after COVID. Um, COVID kind of changed things from a financial perspective, from the lender's perspective. It used to be that you could get away with sending them, you know, uh, the year's worth of financial statements and uh, tax returns. And then we had COVID and then they wanted to see month by month. So we wanted to see every month of 2019 and every month of 2020 and every month of 2021 so far. Um, you know, so having the ability to get at least quarterly financial statements um, is an important part of the due diligence. And then they're just going to ask you for every every business insurance, every business license, every license for every staff member and doctor in the office. Um, you know, they're going to ask for balance sheets and um, you know, if there are liens on the practice, which is often one thing that people forget. So if you had an SBA loan, for instance, a lot of people had this. I just had this with a transaction. Uh, SBI, SBA idle loans. Um, the uh, the SBA can can have those. Um, you can pay those off. But the SBA, my client actually got an, uh, an email from the SBA saying this is your authorization to file a UCC termination on uh, the lien that we have on your practice. And we needed to get that termination statement filed to clear it for the lender uh, so that the buyer's lender would actually fund the transaction. It, do, so do, there do, are things do like that. Of, do you see a lot of PPP problems right now um, on on uh, your loans are, are not being authorized to pay back and, and, and items are being withheld on the transaction? I did earlier in the year. So many of the PPP loans have finally gotten forgiven uh, that those have that that problem has started to um, to get a little bit uh, easier to deal with. Usually, it's some uh, document uh, references on the PPP loans and that it's been forgiven, and some sort of proof to the uh, to the lenders or the buyer that it's actually been been forgiven. But I did have to do a lot of escrows. And at first, you know, back in 2020, when I first started doing transactions again, after COVID opened back up and the lenders started lending again, I was having to escrow funds uh, for PPP because the banks, um, you know, the guidance came out from the IRS saying that you had to escrow the amount of the PPP loan with the bank. And the banks were like, we don't know how to do this. So, you know, I was actually uh, escrowing funds into attorney escrow accounts and holding it because the bank wasn't prepared to do it. Yeah. Wow. So how, so do you recommend from a, 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 a expedient standpoint, smooth transaction that we have a sort of a due diligence checklist provide, whether it's us or whomever provide that due diligence checklist information to whoever their advisor is, and then put that information, we'll call it a data room. And then this way, the seller or the buyer can get in there and start plucking that information. Yeah. Um, is that something? Yeah. That, and a lot of times, thought? if you're working with these bigger DSOs, yeah. they will do exactly that. They'll have some sort of service where you're uploading your documents and they will have a checklist that they have to go through. Because a lot of the private equity lenders, um, they've got checklists and they want to see each and every one of those items checked off before they will give the green light to fund the, to fund the transaction. Now, some of these bigger deals, we, we, we hear the term quality of earnings. 
quality of earnings. What does that mean? Because a lot of the buyers on the on the on the corporate side will spend a lot of money on quality of earnings. What what is our doctors don't really I don't think really understand what that means and how that affects their practice. Well, I think the quality of earnings is really going back to the profitability and the EBITDA of the of the practice, and the better the cash flow is, it, it's it's sort of like when you hear the old adage, okay, well, what is my practice worth as a percentage of collections? And everybody says, oh, it should be seventy five percent of collections or sixty five percent of collections. Well, that's great, but if you have two one million dollar practices and one has a sixty five percent overhead and the other one has a fifty percent overhead. They're both not worth 65% of gross revenues. Um, one has a better quality of earnings. One has a better cash flow. One has higher profitability in the practice is going and is going to support that buyer um, and uh, you know provide a higher profit uh, ratio for uh, that buyer, that uh, that DSO, that uh, you know corporate uh, purchaser. And especially for a private party, too. I mean, that's what you want to look for, a practice that has a better uh, a better cash flow, higher profitability. And you can clearly see that in the tax returns. That's another thing, too, that a lot of sellers have to think about this. A lot of them have been aggressive with their deductions, but they've also <laughs> maybe been a little lax about putting uh, the documentation together uh, and being clear on that. And so sometimes when you get a practice like that where they've had, they're just running a ton of things through the practice you got to sometimes do a little happens. bit of cleanup because the buyer's going to ask those questions. Yeah, and they're going to want to see doctors well, where are is running the their cash personal flow? stuff through the practices. That, yeah. what? Are you oh, kidding me? Oh, no, that me? never happens, right? <laughs> Wait, the, 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 are you saying the house payment and, and the, uh, yeah. the the kids and the trip? That goes through that. <laughs> wow. Right. That, what do they call those? Uh, Adbacks? Is that what they call those? <laughs> Ad, Adbacks. Uh, I like to refer to them as discretionary expenses. So, <laughs> or or having their uh, their six year old uh, child, uh, you know, son or daughter, uh, making ten thousand dollars a year. Because, oh yeah, they model for the they model for the website. Yeah, so you they got to pay them something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or they're on the flyer for the for the office. Wow, I, I, that's a yeah. lot of stuff. I, I know that. Um, and this this could be a conversation for you know for hours and hours and hours. Well, I, I think that if our doctors take this information, figure out when they're going to sell, how they're going to sell, who their advisors are, you know, what, what do they need to do to get prepared? I I think this is great advice. And then I know that, um, uh, if they, how do they reach you if they have any questions on, on, you know, the sale, the due diligence? They can reach out to uh, Oberman Law Firm at uh, 770-886-2400. My email is danielle at obermanlaw.com. And uh, you can go on our website to obermanlaw.com for information. Uh, There's some blog posts and and, uh, lots of information about the practice on there. And uh, yeah, reach out, give us a call. We'll help you. It's the other, the other key to a smooth transition is not waiting until the last minute to plan yeah. for it. Wow. Yep. That never happens either, huh? <laughs> well, I, I know, I know you're a regular contributor to, uh, to the, uh, the newsletter, uh, firm newsletter advisor insights, great information coming in there. And I know, uh, previous podcast, you had a, uh, great, great information on tax. And I know you've got some other podcasts that you'll be, uh, uh on, uh, on the Air Force. So uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Danielle, thank you. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks, thanks for joining us. Dental Law Radio. 
Uh, if you have any questions, please feel free to give us a call, 770-886-2400. And uh, email me directly, stuart at ubermanlaw.com. Guys and ladies and gentlemen, thank you very, very much, Danielle. Thank you again. Amazing job as always. Um, we rely on you a lot on the uh, acquisition and tax side and general guidance on compliance. So uh, uh, thanks, everyone, and have a great day.